Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The first time I heard about it, the government was trying to ban it. Executives were hauled before Congress to explain why the app was not a spying instrument for China. Now it is banned by the Department of Defense for the military. When I got a new phone about two years ago, it was already there as an app. I decided to find out why a lot of people, especially young people, were using it. There were all kinds of short videos on there, videos about anything, it seemed to me. I deleted the app after a few days. In my African Youth Ministry Bible study, the kids will provide all kinds of answers to questions I ask, and even to questions I do not ask. They are convinced that those are true answers. I wondered how they were getting their answers and where they were getting them from. So one day, I asked them. They said, TikTok. They proceeded to tell me more of the things they had seen and wanted to try themselves. I told them they could easily kill themselves if they tried some of those things they were telling me about. I don't think they believed me. TikTok is it for them. But not just for them, it is also for a whole lot of adults as well. There is this explosion of knowledge in our time that can easily be characterized as a wisdom of social media or the wisdom of this age. For some, it may simply be where wisdom is to be found. Just recently, maybe two months ago, I heard about ChatGPT. I found out that ChatGPT can write emails and essays, poetry, and answer all kinds of questions. I was watching a show on CNN when they started talking about it. They had Andrew Yang, former Democratic presidential candidate on, and they decided to test it live. They typed in what Andrew Yang would say about inflation and what he would do about it. In real time, it spit out what he would say. And because I had heard Andrew Young and the policies he would implement if he were the president, the answer was spot on. I went on my computer to try it out by asking questions about things in certain countries that I know about. I got immediate true answers. This thing could write a college paper in no time at all. It has the ability to write and debug computer programs, to compose music, teleplays, fairy tales, and song lyrics. Sometimes, though, it writes plausible sounding but incorrect or nonsensical answers. The explosion of knowledge, wisdom of this age. The wisdom of this age is increasingly being found in artificial intelligence. But of course, this artificial intelligence is a result of human intelligence. It is human wisdom that invents this artificial intelligence stuff. Because of what Paul wrote, it is reasonable to assume that the Corinthian church had great regard for knowledge and wisdom, regardless of where it came from. They had high regard for those who were great public speakers, maybe because not many of them were very highly educated. They expected much 
from those who will speak to them to convince them to take a certain course of action. In the case of Paul, to lead them to Christ and encourage them to stay with him. Now, Paul had been successful. They had become the church of God in Corinth. Still, they felt that Paul's approach to the preaching of the gospel lacked a certain kind of wisdom. They felt that what he had imparted to them did not meet the standards of wisdom they had come to expect. It was good, but not good enough. Yet it was intentional on Paul's part. He had decided that it was better to preach in a simple way that they could understand rather than to use high-sounding and flowery language that would make him appear impressive, but that would bring no clear understanding of the gospel. Paul said that when he went to Corinth to preach the good news about Jesus to them, he went there in fear and trembling. That might be surprising to us, given the boldness and fearlessness we see in his letters. We know from Acts chapter 18 that after he had been in Corinth for a short time, he began to face strong opposition from some of his fellow Jews. That may have shaken his confidence about proclaiming the gospel. So God spoke to him in a vision, telling him not to be afraid, but to keep on speaking and not be silenced. He assured him that no one was going to attack and harm him because he had many people in Corinth. As a result, Paul stayed there for one and a half years and continued his ministry there. But now, he was no longer with them. As he was no longer with them, he was hearing that his message lacked wisdom. Now, we may not prize wisdom in the same way that the Corinthians did. We may not even agree about what wisdom is. We may not trust those whom in earlier times might have been considered as having wisdom. Still, we often rely on expert knowledge and wisdom. It can be dangerous to do otherwise and rely on our own wisdom exclusively for everything. The wisdom of the experts is helpful, but it cannot replace the faith God has given us to believe and trust what Jesus has done. It cannot replace the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is Jesus Christ. The wisdom of this world is not always reliable simply because it is human wisdom, but the wisdom of God is completely reliable always. The Jesus whom Paul proclaimed to the Corinthians is the same Jesus we believe in. The one who was crucified for them is the same one who was crucified for us. He is perfectly reliable and he is for us. He is what God has freely given to the world, to the Corinthians, and to us. He has given him to us, not just for today, but forever. What the Spirit teaches is always about Jesus Christ. Jesus promised that. And that will continue to be the case until he returns. People may not receive it or agree with it, but it will not change. Jesus Christ and what happened to him always has to be in the picture. That is why Paul resolved only to proclaim Christ crucified. If Christ had not been crucified, the Corinthians would have no forgiveness of sins. They would just have had conversations about Christ and said he was a good man who loved everybody. Christ's crucifixion might have said to them that he was a weak man and could not have been the son of God. 
But if there was no death, everything else he did would have been beneficial only for that time. If Christ had not been crucified, we would have no forgiveness of sins either. Yet Paul did not just preach about the crucifixion of Christ. Miracles attended his preaching. That was a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And the Corinthians knew that. He was not making anything up, otherwise they would have called him out on it. Paul said that God had revealed a secret and hidden wisdom which he destined for our glory before time began. You hear this, and you might think, like others do, that the Bible is full of secrets that we can uncover for ourselves and know that we don't really need Jesus. Books have been written about these so-called secrets. There are secret societies even today that claim to know the secrets of God that it can reveal to those who are worthy and ready to become their members. It will seem attractive to go on a quest to find this secret wisdom of God. Except that Paul says that God has already revealed this secret wisdom by his spirit. Way back to the Garden of Eden, God has spoken about this. The prophets had spoken about Jesus, although it was not very clear to the people. Jesus himself had praised the Father for not making it plain to the wise and understanding. During the crucifixion, Jesus himself had, had prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The apostle Peter has written that the prophets have spoken about the salvation to come, that they have searched with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Christ and the glories that would follow. God's secret wisdom revealed by God's spirit is that Christ crucified is our Lord. We are followers of Christ. So we have understanding of God, even if it is not a perfect understanding. The Holy Spirit has given us faith to believe what God has freely given. What God has freely given to us for our eternal benefit is Jesus Christ. Paul spoke this message of wisdom among the mature. He was not singling out a certain group among the Christians, the Corinthians, and calling them mature to receive his message. He's not singling out certain Christians to the exclusion of others. The message is for all of you. I know some will be comfortable being described as mature Christians, not comfortable at all. It would be the same thing if I said Paul was speaking to perfect people. The word that is translated mature is the same word for perfect. So that might be helpful since you know that because of Jesus, God has declared you perfect, all of you. He is not uncomfortable calling you perfect people. Yes, it is true that we are sinners, but because of the Christ crucified whom Paul preached about, we are perfect in the eyes of God. You are perfect because you have believed in this Christ who was crucified for you. And we know, of course, that this Christ who was crucified did not remain dead. The same Christ who was crucified, died and was buried, was raised from the dead on the third day. But there is no resurrection if there was no death. 
If the Corinthians felt uncomfortable with Christ crucified, that was all the more reason why Paul had to emphasize it. We have the Spirit of God. We can be certain about it because of our baptism. God has made a promise and bound himself to that promise. The Spirit of God, who alone knows the mind of God perfectly, has given us faith to believe what God has freely given to us, his own very dear Son, the one and only. It is important that Paul affirmed what Jesus himself had revealed to the 12 apostles in the Gospel of John. Jesus had assured them that he would ask the Father to send the Spirit who would remain with them forever. He said the Spirit whom the Father will send in his name would remind them of everything he had said to them. Paul assured the Corinthians that what he had taught them was revealed by the Spirit. What the Spirit reveals is true because he is God's Spirit and he knows exactly what is in God's mind. What the Spirit is revealing is that God's gift to the world is Christ crucified. And you know about him from being conceived miraculously by the Spirit. Being born into a poor family, going about preaching and teaching with authority, performing healing miracles, displaying his power over nature, and eventually being crucified. His crucifixion satisfied the justice of God so that people who believe in him would have their sins fully forgiven. And he got a stamp of approval from God when he raised him from the dead. Jesus fulfilled everything God had planned and revealed through his prophets, but which the people did not understand. Jesus met the requirements of God, but the people who opposed him did not see Jesus that way. They believed he was contradicting, contradicting what God had taught and opposing the right teachings. Only spirit-filled people welcome these spirit-taught words. You are a spirit-filled people. If you don't think you are, think again and affirm it. It is not bragging. It is God's gift to you. As spiritual people, God has given you even more. Paul said you can make judgments about all things. Because he is speaking about spiritual people, we can say that he is referring to us making spiritual assessments of every aspect of life, not with the aim of condemning, but with the aim of leading people to the same Christ crucified that Paul is talking about. We can always rejoice and thank God for the precious gift of his son, he is what God has freely given to us, and nothing and no one else is better than him. We can confidently rely on him always because he is for us. Amen.